0: All right, so today um, we're just going to be talking about Thanksgiving and thankfulness because it is kind of the season. Um, And so uh, Thanksgiving is really, truly, it's an American holiday. They don't celebrate it in in, uh, Canada or France or anyone else. It's just something that we Americans do, Thanksgiving. And so Thanksgiving... Uh, started out in uh, November 1621 after the pilgrims' first corn harvest proved successful. Governor William Bradford organized a celebratory feast and invited a group of fledgling colonies, Native American allies. Now remembered as America's first Thanksgiving, the festival lasted for three days. So all the the way from 1621, um, again, this is meant to celebrate the European harvest with the help of the native people. So all the way up into our day and age, obviously Thanksgiving has changed. In many ways, I think they were celebrating the idea um, that they might not starve through the winter. If you think about this, they're like, yay, it kind of looks like we might starve. Whereas for us, it's a little bit different because I think we're so rich in food in 2023. It's just so wild that most of us, they're thinking about not starving, and most of us, to be honest, are thinking about trying not to gain weight. So we're living in a very different context. Uh, And then you're like, well, I don't know if I need another piece of that pie because there's this other pie I might try. Uh, So again, it's very, very different. uh, But at the same time, you know, Thanksgiving... Uh, is important. And thankfulness as a spiritual practice is really important. And the Bible talks a lot about thankfulness, how we can be thankful, why we should be thankful. Um, And so this idea of biblical thanksgiving is really a decision that we choose to make on a regular basis, regardless of what we're going through. I'm going to choose to be thankful in the midst of this, regardless of the circumstances that we are going through. So today... And I've done this in the past. In, in honor of Thanksgiving, the pictures that I'm going to be showing of Jesus are mostly uh, Native American. And so I'm well aware that Jesus is not Native American, but I want to honor our Christian uh, Native American brothers and sisters because they do choose to follow Jesus in spite of the fact of what happened to their uh, people and their culture so again Jesus isn't Native American okay but he's also not a white dude and so every time I see this picture do you know what I think of I've been wanting to do this for a while so I'm very excited I could do this is what I think of (laughs) and you're like Sean that's Not a picture of the real Jesus to begin with, okay? And I did listen to the Bee Gees last night as I was playing cards with my uh, family. Um, But here's the thing, right? He's not Native American. I get that he's also not European. And to be honest, an interesting fact, there are no actual pictures of Jesus. So uh, what we call iconography, there's no historical picture of Jesus, Which is kind of fascinating that that didn't come about for some reason. So, um, back to this. So, thankfulness is central to our relationship with God. Um, That is for sure. And that God is worthy of all of our honor and our praise. And that we are created to enjoy and worship him. Um, so, this idea that we're, we were created to enjoy Him, we're created to worship Him. And so, this idea of biblical thanks, thankfulness is really important. Psalm uh, 92, 1 through 3. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, to the music of the 10 string lyre and the melody of the harp. And so, King David, we don't know what's going on in his life when he writes this song or this psalm. Is everything going his way? And so he's like, it's good to praise him because everything's going how I want it to be. Well, we don't know. Maybe it is and maybe it isn't. We don't know uh, the particular circumstances he was going through in that moment. But what he is saying, it's it's good to focus on his faithfulness day and night. That's what I want to focus on, who God is and who he is to me. And I'm also very interested in how Scripture plays out in real life. Like, how do I actually do this in my day-to-day life? How can I apply this? And last week, John, uh, as he was here, Pastor John, he was talking about getting in the game. And he was saying, like, hey, do you want to get in the game? Do you want to participate in what God is doing right here and right now? And many of us stood and said, yeah, I want to get in the game. And I talked to several different people, like, hey, this is how I feel like God's inviting me to get into the game. Um, Well, here's the thing. When we're in the game, and you get to choose how you want to participate, there's still going to be times in the game where it's going to be really hard. Things are just going to be difficult. You're like, wait, God called me to do this. It's kind of what I want to do to begin with, but this is really hard. Will you still be thankful in the midst of that? Because there will be difficult times. Jesus doesn't take away our difficult times. He is there with us. So kind of three ideas on being thankful. First is focus on the faithfulness of God. The second is that to be real, that we want to be real with where we're at. And then last is contentment can be found in Christ right now, regardless of what's going on. Like, I can be content right now. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 30. It's a great example uh, with Paul and Silas in it. Um, and so we're just going to read a chunk of scripture here. Acts 16, chapter 16, verses 16 through 30. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for the lights rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he then brought them out and asked sirs, what must I do to be saved? So the question is, in being thankful um, in terms of like our circumstances, why should we be thankful? What brings about this thankfulness? Uh, Well, when I look at this in terms of like Paul and Silas, certainly the thing that, that I see them doing because they're in jail is that they're focusing not on the fact of their circumstances, but that God is faithful to them. So the first thing, I think, is to focus on the faithfulness of God. Um, Paul and Silas are choosing to focus on what is unchangeable and what is good, and that is God, right? They're not focused on uh, being in jail or why they're in jail or anything like that. They're like, God is unchangeable and good. And so they choose to focus on God's faithfulness in and through uh, Jesus. Paul and Silas are not singing because things are perfect. They are singing because Jesus is the King of, King, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I know that for myself and for other people, we tend to give thanks when our outward circumstances are good. That's a real simple thing. Uh, so when everything's going my way, or it's a beautiful day, or I hit all the green lights instead of hitting red lights, or whatever it is, then I'm thankful. Thank you, Lord, for this. But that's not what we see here. Um, Paul and Silas anchor themselves in Christ and that's what they are singing and praising God for because God is the solid rock to which they are anchored to. However, if I anchor my soul to circumstances, then I get whiplashed because in many ways, if I'm, constant, if I'm thankful because things are good and then I'm sad because things are bad and that's not abnormal If I anchor myself to circumstances, then I'm constantly trying to create circumstances that are really good, which can work in certain ways, but anyone in the room knows it doesn't always work. You can't manipulate those things to constantly be having good circumstances. When I think about this, you know, my my mother-in-law, she, I don't know how old she was when she got divorced, but pretty young, because I think Linda was really young. Um, She had some really difficult circumstances. Uh, Linda and I have been married 23 years, and one of the stories I've heard from her is that when they were growing up, you know, they would constantly or regularly eat rice with cinnamon and sugar on it. And I thought that that was so wild. I'm like, really? Like, whoa. And maybe some of you are like, I really love that, so don't say anything mean about that, Sean. Um, But the reason that they were doing it is because they just didn't have any money. But my mother-in-law, man, she loves Christ so much and she's so thankful for what he's done in her life and in the life of her kids. If you ever have the chance to meet my mother-in-law, you will know that you're speaking to someone of great faith. And yet her circumstances when the kids were young were really difficult. I mean, there were times when they had no food and then someone would knock on the door and there would be a bag of food at the door. And so for but she always put her trust in Christ, and still even to this day, regardless of her circumstances, you know, still to this day, constantly anchors herself to Christ. Uh, Paul says in First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18, "Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Again, Paul's idea of thankfulness isn't based on circumstances. It's based on who Christ is and who Christ is in my life. I can always be thankful because of my rock, the rock of who Christ is. Always. He's unchanging, uh, never ceasing. He's the Alpha and Omega. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He will always be. He always has been. And so he, because he's unchanging, if my, I anchor myself to him, then I always have a firm foundation from which my thankfulness can come from. Again, if it's in my circumstances, it comes and goes. And if you're like me, uh, there can be good things going on in your life right now. And there's also some weird things going on in your life right now because that's just what it means to be a human. But again, focusing on Christ. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So how do I practice thankfulness? Well, the first part is I need to focus on God's faithfulness and who he is. I can always find something to be thankful about because Christ has never changed. Um, The next is, so first is focus on the faithfulness of God. The next is being real. Um, Does anyone else besides my family use the app Be Real? Yeah, you're part of my family. So there's only my family uses the app Be Real. And so Be Real uh, is essentially an alarm goes off, and it's like, oh, it's time to be real and so then you're supposed to take a picture of what you're looking at and then a picture of yourself, right? So it's always really funny because I, at least for me, very few people are actually being real because it's like, oh, what's the most awesome part that I can take a picture of and then, "Ah." looks so good. but I do I did have one friend and he actually was being real and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like weird. <laughs> he's all in bed, he's all jacked up looking. I'm like, I don't know if I even want to see that. Okay, that's a little bit too real for me. Um, so anyways, this idea of like being real, it's really important for us to be real, right? We, we focus on Christ. We focus on his faithfulness. But we are emotional beings. We are human beings. And so it's really important for us to actually be real with where we're at and what it is that we're going through. Now, the very simple question, but it also can be really difficult, is how are you doing? And for most of us, we say, I'm doing great, no matter what is going on. Um, but maybe at some point in time in your life you have been really bored and you've actually told the truth. I'm really not doing that good right now. And that's kind of tough because you kind of feel like you're bumming the other person out. You're like, I don't even know if they were actually asking me for real how I was doing or was it just a common greeting? And then you feel bad and you're like, ah, anyway, actually, I'm doing really good. I was just playing. I just want to see what you would say. Um, I think we're constantly think we have to be doing good. And that's something in our culture, or just as people, it it seems as if in many ways it's not okay to not be doing okay. But most of us, in certain seasons of our life, are just not going to be doing okay. Um, But Paul and Silas are singing in jail, and they're not doing okay, but seemingly they're doing great. Here's the thing, if you keep reading through Paul's letters, you will see... Um, that thankfulness will look different in different seasons of his life. And so in certain ways, there are certain parts within the letters to where you're like, he's thankful, but at the same time, he's also being real with where he's at. And so I'm very thankful to be able to read in the scriptures when people act like normal humans, because I'm like, okay, um, they they actually are like me. In, In our life, in anyone's life, uh, there's going to be different seasons. We're all going to be going through different seasons of our life. There will be spring, there will be summer, there will be fall, there will be winter. And we can see that God has set that up in terms of just how we experience life, like we're in fall right now. And so we, we see this as a natural part of our lives. We also will call people, like a baby is in the springtime of their life, a youth is in the summer. Uh, People who are in midlife will be in their autumn and then the winter. And this is just how it is. I think that we live in a land of perpetual summer. That we're constantly trying to be in summertime. And if I'm not in summertime, then something must be wrong. That the goal is production and excitement. And I should always be entertained and things should always be great. Um, But I don't think that's the case um, again, God's rhythms of life are spring, summer, winter, fall. Because in many ways, if, if you look at this tree, and which, at which point is the most beautiful? At which point is the most productive? Because you can't bear the fruit of summer if the tree hasn't gone through the season of winter. Because there's a lot of very important things that happen in wintertime. And there's a lot of important things that happen in fall time. And so for us, if we're experiencing a winter or a fall or spring or summer, right, if we're experiencing a winter, then in many ways, um, we're like, what is wrong with me? But God achieves a lot that he wouldn't be able to achieve when we're in a summertime of life. And so this is very important. So if we're in a winter, then that's perfectly fine because God is doing something in us that he needs to do. I wish that God could have taught me all of the lessons that he's taught me through success, but seemingly has, that has not been the case. And he's taught me so many lessons through the winters that I've experienced with him. So again, how do I practice thankfulness? I need to be real with what season of life I'm in. Again, we all want to be in spring and summer. Who doesn't? Um, But again, spring and summer don't happen without fall and winter. Here recently, I I had the chance to sit down with a friend of mine who um, has had a big change in his life. And we sat and he said, man, I am just in a very difficult season of my life. And uh, what I did say was, well, you're in great company. If you read through people who have gone before us in terms of theologians or people who have had faith, they call it the the, uh, dark night of the soul. But again, this idea that we have so much company in terms of being in difficult places that um, it's okay and it's okay to be going through a tough season because those things happen and oftentimes they happen without our choice Um, so can I be real with God and with others and I think it's important to add this others component into it Because whenever I'm talking about a relationship with God, I'm also talking about a relationship with the church because in terms of theology and the way that God sees a relationship with him, it always includes other people. Always has and it always will. And so when we're talking about not being okay, can I share that with other people and be open and be honest about that? And one of the things that I've thought about many different times is that God has all of the right religious answers that he can possibly handle. He really does. He needs no more right religious answers. He really doesn't. He didn't create us so we could be robots and just say the right things and say the right religious things at the right times. He created us because he wants to be in real relationship with us, and being in real relationship with us means that we're open and honest. That's what he doesn't have, is us being open and honest about where we're at, who we are, and what we're wrestling with regardless of the season of life that we're in. He wants you to be real. And if you're frustrated with God, um, you'll have great company because there's many psalmists that did it, um, then that's fine. But in each season of life, he does amazing work. um, (laughs) And when he does amazing work, that's where some serious thankfulness can come from. So just being real. So first off, in terms of the spiritual practice of thankfulness, focus on the faithfulness of God. Next, be real, not the app, but the lifestyle. Uh, and then last is being content in Christ right now. Uh, Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all things. uh, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So when we read this, Paul isn't joking. In the book of Acts, we see that he's beaten, and then he's thrown into jail. So these are really difficult circumstances and still whatever the circumstances i can do all things in christ who gives me strength we live in a culture that tries to make us feel discontent and so this idea of having contentment and godliness is something that we are aiming at as followers of christ we live in a culture that is constantly trying to make us discontent Uh, in fact I mean, it's interesting to think about this. Advertising, there was $350 billion spent last year or on an annual basis just on advertising. And you have to understand that advertising, the goal of it, almost every single uh, advertisement that you see is to try to make you discontent about who you are and what you have in order to purchase the thing that they're offering. Like this guy here, right? I mean, he's... vacation deprivation like what is that even right and you're like yeah I have that I didn't even know that was a thing and then he's like looking out over and it's beautiful and he's like yes this is awesome however the thing is is this this is totally momentary why do you take pictures of it when you're doing all these beautiful things So that when you're back in your regular life, you're able to look at it and you're like, see how happy I was at one point in time in my life? That's why we do this. So the idea of contentment... We live in a culture that's constantly trying to make me feel discontent. Uh, I need, I want, I have to have. But again, these things are momentary. I need a better house. I need a better spouse, better car, better kids, better job. Um, and maybe in certain ways we need upgrades. But God is offering a solid, healthy, wonderful lifetime with us right here, right now at all times. I don't... Dude, Vacations are cool. They really are. I hope everyone gets to go on vacations. But I know that for myself, one of the things that I've been trying to do is try to create a life to where I don't need to vacation to enjoy life. I get to go on vacations as a part of my enjoyable life. I don't need to go anywhere. I need to be content where I'm at right now. So what is making Paul and Silas sing in prison? Well, it's not this. They're not thinking like, yo, if we get through the night, the all-inclusive package holiday is coming our way, man. Just hang hang tight, Silas. We're going all-inclusive in Cancun, baby. And he's like, I praise you, Lord. You are so good to me. No, they focus on the faithfulness of God. They're real with who they are and where they're at, and they are content in Christ there and now. Paul says this in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Said No one with A.C., heaters, a car, right? Wait. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. He's not talking about ribeye. He's not talking about these weird turkeys that we've created that are huge, right? I mean, this is pretty wild. Godliness with contentment is a great gain. Dude, this is really something to aim at. How do I have godliness and how do I find contentment because they're tied together? I want I mean, look, and you don't, don't raise your hand. This is a rhetorical question. If you could walk out of here today feeling 100% content with your life, would you take it? Would you take that offer? Everyone in the room would. We all want contentment. It is a deep desire and need that we all have. Again, rhetorical are you content right here and right now? New and better things are only temporary fixes. Again, when we think about, you know, like vacations and all of these things, they're great to be able to travel, but it can just be a new type of drug that we use to try and be in denial about the pain or the hurt that we're in or the life that we don't like. And like a new job can solve problems and creates new ones. Can we be content? In Christ, right here, right now. And I will say a fairly bold statement. If you cannot be content right here, right now, then you cannot be content. Everything you need to be content exists right here, right now. Because it does not depend on circumstances. It depends on your relationship with Christ. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment does not mean everything is going the way that you want it to go. It means that you are content with who you are in the midst of everything that is going on. I am content with myself, and I am content with my relationship with God. When we were uh, down in Santa Cruz, right, we'd go down there to, to start a church that eventually doesn't work out. So this right here, This is a beach or a surf break that's called, it's Capitola. And if you've ever been down to the Santa Cruz area, Capitola is a gorgeous little spot. And every time the surf would get really big in Santa Cruz, because sometimes it gets really big, I would go to Capitola because Capitola was kind of, it would get, it would be a little bit smaller. It was a nice wave. I mean, if anyone surfs, I mean, this wave was really nice. And would go all the way to the shore. I mean, it was just a beautiful break. And I remember being there. And here I am, it was a nice day, because I didn't feel necessarily cold, and I was surfing in Capitola, which at that point in time was like the fifth most expensive place to live in the United States. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I'm surfing. It's gorgeous. And I just remember sitting there thinking, Lord, I am so miserable. If I had the chance to invite people to live the type of life that I'm living right now, I would be embarrassed to invite them into this life because I'm miserable. Because just because you're doing what you want to be doing in the place that you want to be doing it does not bring contentment. That doesn't bring contentment. It doesn't. Uh, This last week, I got to go surf down in a place called Belenus. The waves were lame. It was pretty cold, but I was pretty content. Why? Because I'm content with who I am. And I'm content in my relationship with God. Because my circumstances don't dictate whether or not I'm content. And my circumstances don't change who he is, who He ever will be, or the way in which he views me. I can be in paradise, which I was, and be miserable. I mean, I was literally laughing at myself going like, dude, you're miserable. What is wrong? And from that winter time of my soul being real with myself, then I was really able to address some serious things that God wanted me to address. Because if I just said, I just need to change all that, no, like something needs to change in me, man. And God's doing some deep work in me. So, this idea of thankfulness, <clears throat> again, and this takes practice, um, but first is focusing on the faithfulness of God. God doesn't change, He never will, he never has, right? Like He's the same today and forever. And that I can focus on the faithfulness of God, that He is good, that He is right, that He is just, and that He loves me deeply. That does not change, each and every morning, regardless of how I'm feeling, uh, regardless of how I slept or how I'm getting along with anyone within my family or money I'm making, broke, poor, rich, whatever. His perspective on me has not changed. I need to be real. I I need to realize that sometimes I'm just not in a season of life that I want to be in and that's okay. Sometimes I'm just in a place where things aren't going my way or it seems like winter, I can't get any traction on anything and and I'm just in a tough space. That's okay. It's okay to just be in this place of like, well, I guess this is just a winter time for my soul. And then last, contentment can be found in Christ right here, right now. If you can't be content right here, right now, then you can't be content. Meaning, I can always be content, too, at the same time. I can be content at any point in time I want to. But it is a process. I get that. We are going to take communion. Um, We do this every Sunday. The bread or the cracker and the wine. The bread represents Jesus' body broken for us. These are the signs of the covenant inasmuch as a wedding ring is a sign of a covenant, meaning that we have made a promise to one another, Linda and I have, uh, that we will be married for the rest of our lives. And is a sign of our covenant. These are the signs of his covenant to us. The crackers which represent his body which was broken for us. Jesus is the only sinless person to have ever existed on earth and he allowed himself to be broken for us. So that we, as we are joined with him, we are now in him and he sees us also without sin. The wine represents his blood, which is for our sins. And then it cleanses us for our past, our present, and our future sins. Again, we, we eat this because Christ is in us, that we are in him. We are clothed in righteousness, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ because of what it is that he has done for us. Uh, So if you are a follower of Jesus or if you would like to start following Jesus today, then the communion table is open to you. The way that we take communion, you come down the center aisle here. You take a piece of the cracker, you dip it into the wine, and then you go around the sides like this. We all hold on to it together until the end, and then we will partake of communion together. So if you would like to take communion, please come on down. Jesus, we thank you. You are faithful to us. And we're thankful that you accept us and love us, regardless of ourselves. We thank you that you came down and died for us, that you do give us the offer of a new life, Help us, Lord, to experience you, see you, spend time with you, grow within and in you. Let's partake. And we stand. I'm going to pray a prayer blessing over us. If you didn't want prayer for anything, I'd love for you to come down and we lay hands on you and pray for you. If not, uh, yeah, just be blessed and have a good rest of your day. Well, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together as family, friends, brothers, and sisters in Christ. Lord, we ask that you would continue to call us deeper into our relationship with you. Speak to us. Continue to speak to us. Help us, Lord, to trust you, to believe, to have faith, to hear your voice, to see the things that you're doing in our lives, to be able to recognize your movement in and around us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill us, empower us, Love us. Help us to see you and help us to see who we are in you. And we can be a blessing to those people around us that need to know who you are. That they too can follow you. So we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.